Hi, I'm Michael Woods, Chief Scientist at the Asian Turfgrass Center. Welcome to another ATC Double Cut, where I talk about the content on the ATC website, talk a little bit of turfgrass and give a double cut treatment to something that I've already written about once and decide that it's worthwhile talking about. Today, I'm glad to have a special guest joining me. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Joe Galati, host of the Talking Greenkeeper podcast. Micah, how are you? Thanks for having me back. Well, I'm glad to have you. And if you're on the show, that means we, we're, we're kind of starting a trend here or a, or a series of when Joe's on the show, we're going to talk about one of the posts that I've written about that nobody paid attention to the first time, what the ones that just kind of bombed. Bombs. Bombs. Yeah. So I I think it's hard for I guess I could talk about those myself and I could just do have a monologue version because sometimes I do this show without a guest and I could just talk about something uh and say uh you should have here's why I wrote it, here's why I wish you would have paid attention to it, but it almost sounds like complaining or like I'm <laughs> desperate, you know? But if I have you on, we can kind of have a laugh about it. I can yeah, still absolutely. I can still have my desperation and be like begging I, for people to pay attention, <laughs> but at least uh, maybe it, it comes across a little bit more normal when I have you on the show. So I think this is a good type of series. I love it. I, I I get thrown all the bombs your way, Micah, because even your bombs are, are epic. They're so good. So, I mean, two minutes of your time for the most part, how long does it take to read? And you have that. That's what I love about your, your blog is that this at one, the beginning, it, yeah. How this long one, I'm this just, one I'm just looking at it. Um, I didn't bring it up on the screen yet or, or announce which one it is. It's a really good one. It's a three minute read, but you know what? It's like, it's got pictures. You don't even have to read it. You could just look at the pretty pictures. I would think. Which are awesome on this one. This, this one is, is well, well worth it. Um, So yeah, but (laughs) let's see, before we jump into that, Joe, uh, Tell us a little bit about your podcast for people who haven't haven't heard of you or about the Talking Greenkeeper. All right, so I'm a golf course superintendent. I'm from Delaware, the first state in the United States, and uh, I have a podcast called the Talking Greenkeeper Podcast. Going to be starting season five here coming up. I don't know why I do seasons. I just I start the season on Labor Day because I started it back in 2018. Mark McGreevy, my BFF in Turfgrass, just a really good person, really good friend. I had him over on Labor Day weekend 2018 for the first inaugural episode. And I just thought, okay, so we'll just do that as the kickoff for the season. So I'll be starting my fifth season here coming up in September 2022 and it's a podcast just with about greenkeeping mostly I talk to mostly greenkeepers and and people associated with our trade PhDs like you Micah I've talked to uh 
Bill Kreuzer, Ben McGraw, uh, countless superintendents, art teachers that moonlight as greenkeepers during the soup as uh, during the summer. Shout out Michael Cantor and fashion. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, fashion. Yeah, Greg Monafort from the Golf Feds blog. Uh, yeah, so uh, you know Casey Bannon. For, I'll talk to I'll talk to anybody. I'll talk to anybody that has an interesting story. Well, that that's good. I I am a regular listener of the Talking Greenkeeper, and uh, you can follow Joe on Twitter at hardg43, and that's a good place to follow him because he will announce his new shows there. But if you just follow the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Then you can just get a notification when there's a new episode, and that's that's pretty good. I yeah, I always en- enjoy that. So, thank you, Mike. I appreciate you listening, man. It's my pleasure. And for anybody who doesn't follow me, I'm at Asian Turfgrass on Twitter, and I also uh, announce new blog posts and and so on, and some recycled old classic blog posts occasionally at Asian Turfgrass on Twitter. All of these links that we're showing and the link to this episode, uh, well, the link to this post that we're going to discuss, and I'm going to get to that right now, I'll put in the description in the show notes. So if you want to click through, you can check those out. This is the post. I'm bringing it up on the screen. We'll describe what we're what we're looking at and talking about here for those who are listening. This is a post in 2019. It originally posted in 2019. It had the, out of all the posts I did in the year, it was number three in terms of the fewest views. So this is just a complete bomb. And when I posted it, I thought this could be like a classic one. And I gave it the title turf color consistency and the oldest course in thailand so this is i mean you had me you you had me at the oldest course in thailand i I immediately going oldest course in thailand click i mean come on man and right at the top it says it's a three minute read and i've got uh a photo at the very start that shows a pink bougainvillea and two caddies with matching pink uniforms that match that bougainvillea, an old school bunker. I think this is hole number, it might, I think it's coming up to the 11th green, uh, if I remember right, at uh, at Royal Huahin in, in uh, Huahin, which is about uh, 180 kilometers from Bangkok, about oh, two and a half, three hours to the southwest of Bangkok. It's the oldest course in Thailand. I think this year may be the 100-year anniversary. And it's got beautiful color because it varies through the year. They generally don't irrigate the fairways too much. And because of that, the green complexes will have green grass that's not dormant. But in the dry season, the fairways will take on all different shades of green. And there's all different kinds of grasses growing there. And it's... uh, it's one where I'd been there for a visit at the time that I posted. I said last month I made a trip to Huahin and visited two of the fine golf courses there, Royal Huahin Golf Club and Banyan Golf Club. And I wrote in this post about the Royal Huahin Golf Club. And to me, it's just interesting to see the oldest course in a country and what, um, what the conditions are like. 
And so you've got all different kinds of grasses, and it's right next to the train station. So oh, the train this for me station, is a, yeah, which is so the train station is built with very uh, typical Thai architecture, and the course is there because of the train. Um, the course was laid out, I believe, by a Scottish uh, engineer. engineer. Right? Yeah, there was like a Scottish engineer who was um involved with the the train line construction a hundred hundred and five years ago or something and they put a golf course there and then this even has elephants because i talk about Huahin as a tourist destination and show a vineyard where there are people riding elephants through the vineyard and to me that's just fascinating <laughs> but yeah. i guess it's I mean, not a, an elephant yeah through a vineyard You're not riding an elephant in bedminster new jersey you're, and you're not riding an elephant in Napa Valley. So no. this is at the Monsoon Valley Winery. But in, and there's uh, like a the prayer, prayer tree. tree. Yeah. So yeah. You've, got, you've got all kinds of things where people believe that there's spirits in this banyan tree. And uh, I mean, they will I would have to show agree. some respect to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Like a so this post, I loved it. I I did I I think I may have emailed you after this post saying how much I loved it or hit you up on WhatsApp, whatever. And what I love about this golf course, it, it's just it reminds me of a Bukowski short story. Are you familiar with the writer Charles Bukowski? Just a little bit. I have not read his entire canon. Okay, so, I mean, they're all the same. It's really just a drunk getting into shenanigans, right? And what this course reminds me of, it reminds me of a Bukowski novel, or not even a novel. He was more of a short story. He, he, he wrote a lot of short stories. As compared to, say, a Shakespeare, who was more proper. And you're going to have much more fun reading a Bukowski short story than reading Macbeth. Right. And I would pair Macbeth maybe to a Pebble Beach or St. Andrews or something that's like proper and prim. But, yeah, those places are fun and they're enjoyable. But this place is just feels like that favorite dive bar that you went to in your early 20s where you go there and it just feels comfortable. But it it's just dangerous enough where you might meet somebody doing a crazy dance who's gonna like hit you up with a free hit of ecstasy and you don't know where the night's gonna take you <laughs> yeah something like that would be fun um, yeah totally I, I'll, like you know it's a it's a fun golf course i usually make some birdies i this is the location where i tried out my first birdie dance where it's i so had both feet off the ground and a lot of people said that that was the best one ever um, How good is the shadow? Yeah, the shadow's good. I I have an excellent photographer. Um, we you know we check the angles usually before I even hit the putt, so it's a bit nerve wracking because you know I'll hit the green in regulation. We know. I mean, sometimes I chip in for birdies, <laughs> but usually I'm usually I'm putting it. Who's your and, photographer? Um, it's a good friend. I'm not going to name him, but we play a lot of golf together. <laughs> okay, and, all right. Uh, so generally, yeah, because you know, I don't play a lot I'm of just, golf. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just picturing Rodney Dangerfield, Caddyshack, how he had 
he he had the photographer with him on the whole time. That's what I'm, that's 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 what I'm picturing in my mind right now. Well, I I will just say that when and I'm I'm a pretty good putter, and so you know anything within twenty feet or something, we start thinking, okay, good chance that. I may make this one, especially if it's for birdie, because I'd really like to have a chance. Like all my birdie dances are legit birdies. It's not like I just go pose for these. And um, most mostly, I put the birdie dance photos on my MichaelWoods.com site, not on Asian Turfgrass, because they're personal. Um, yeah, but, no, yeah, the birdie dance is here so I, good. So here I did put a birdie dance on the uh, on the. Uh, Asian turf grass site and you can see the the course has all different kinds of colors and it's just consistently fun and uh yeah I showed showed another course in town the uh yeah the Bonnie Golf awesome. Club and show some of the stuff that having a mango drink at the beach it's just good so I I thought that uh that kind of thing about the variety that you could see in turf color um which I, I never I, in the title of that post I I used the word consistency and I said uh, I called it the title was turf color consistency and the oldest course in Thailand and okay. I realized uh, after I wrote it that I'd written the title and I I and I did talk about turf color I did talk about the oldest course in Thailand but I never really explained what I meant by consistency but of course that's not so what did you mean what did you mean by that well i had been a little bit uh i'd heard people from other golf courses like general managers or superintendents doing some marketing maybe from the from the general manager side uh, talking about the consistency that they have at their facility and we're talking about like high end high maintenance courses that are pretty expensive to play. The Shakespeare courses. Uh, something like that. Yeah. And they're, they're talking about the consistency of how good they are. And I was thinking it's like, okay, it's kind of consistent mediocrity uh, because it's so wet that you might get mud on your ball even during the dry season. And the one thing that I really don't like because I, I mentioned that I'm an excellent putter, but I'm not a good driver of the golf ball. So for me to have a drive that finds the fairway is quite an accomplishment. And it's something that I'm excited about as I walk up the fairway, <clears throat> you know, go out maybe 180, 210, 220. If I've just blasted it off the heel and found the fairway and, you know, maybe hit it, hit it i mean it's in the fairway i'm expecting it's not far but it's out in the fairway so i'm expecting a good lie and a clean golf ball and nothing uh bugs me more than being in the fairway and having mud on my ball during the dry season and that unfortunately is common in thailand and i just thought it was bizarre that there's courses bragging about <clears throat> how consistent they are when it's all just about consistency of look of of green color everything's green but for me the playability is not consistent the playability 
well, it's not consistently good. The playability is is mediocre. Where you've got these classic courses that sometimes they're green when it rains, but when it doesn't rain, the colors change, but the playability is always consistently really good. And that's what I meant to weave as a thread through that post that I never really got around to explaining it because I was so busy with those pretty pictures, putting in pretty pictures of how nice it was and how interesting it was that you can play this kind of golf course that has these varieties of looks and you can go to the beach and have mango drinks and you can go to the winery and see elephants and that sort of thing that I for totally forgot about the uh, consistency theme. That makes total sense I, I, because it is easy to get distracted by that. And that's what's, I think that's what's missing. And then that's what I suffer from Micah as a golf course superintendent, as a, as a, as a turf grass manager, sometimes I just get wrapped into this world of managing turf grass instead of managing a playing surface, right? Yeah, I and I yeah, heard you I heard you on one of your talking greenkeeper episodes talking with James Bledge and I think you were talking about conditions in the uh, British Isles on Lynx courses when they get dry. And if I remember right, you said something like you'd you'd lose your job or get fired or something if you had a course that looked like that, that was dry. And did you say that? Did I, did I yeah, remember right? I did right? say that. I did say that. Yeah, I did say that. I did say that. And I think it's hard for American superintendents to go that way. And I struggle with this thought. I, Mike, I'm preparing for some upcoming episodes on my podcast with, with some superintendents that that are on the East Coast, that are in the Mid-Atlantic, that don't water, that manage bent grass and in different ways. And 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 as I'm researching, and these episodes are yet to come, as I'm researching them, it's making me second guess again like what am i doing why am i watering so much i'm over watering on sand based greens to where they're turning different colors and and they just feel awful and there's pitch marks all over them and and I, I think to myself what am i doing why and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've been doing this job since 1998. And I'm still just searching. I'm 50 years old, Mike, and I'm still searching for this medium, this this way of managing grass to where it's not. And I'm going to go Ken Seams, and Ken Seams said this on an episode. You're managing, like, grass isn't played on a color. It's played on a surface. Mm -hmm. And I think as American superintendents, we are caught up that grass is played on a color, not a surface. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's a big country with a lot of different golf courses. Uh, so yeah. one, one can find a lot of variety. But uh, yeah, I will say that 
as a golfer, I know which I prefer. And um, I always thought it was silly when pigments first came out because I thought it was, um, or when pigments first start started to be used, because to me it made the courses look too green, and I just didn't like that because yeah, it it's like it, it was too fake, and I I prefer something that's a bit more natural. Something that I've always liked about the game of golf is we're playing through that piece of property through that landscape and so if it's if it's december and there's deciduous trees around then i'm expecting most of the leaves have fallen off so now i get that i might uh have some leaves in the rough there if i hit under the trees as i mentioned i don't find the fairway very often so i'm you know i might lose my ball in the leaves if i hit into the trees and I expect to hear the wind blowing through the trees in a certain way in that season. And I expect the grass to represent that also. Then if I go back to that same golf course in July, I might expect to hear cicadas uh, and insects and birds and hear a different sound as the wind is blowing through I the trees. I know. That's, so, that's I, so funny that you mentioned that. I'm sorry to interrupt, but through june and august i wake up early I, I mention this all the time i wake up so early i and i walk out my door and it is so quiet micah it's almost deafening how quiet it is right it's just i walk out my door and it's so quiet and right now the crickets are up when i'm up and it's loud and they're mm -hmm. making their noise and it's awesome it's so good and i look up in the I look up in the sky and the stars are just so bright and I'm off to work. I'm still half groggy and haven't had my coffee yet, but I've noticed that the crickets, it's just, yeah, that makes so like the cicadas. Yeah, man. It's so cool. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. So, so we, as humans, we appreciate that kind of variety in, we, ex we appreciate that kind of variety that we can have in um in the way that the landscape is and the types of insects or birds that we are hearing or seeing in different seasons and i think that golf courses should also change by the season and it should be normal that sometimes it's green sometimes it's not green sometimes the ball bounces and rolls forever sometimes it doesn't go so far so i just thought that ad i i thought that advertising a golf course is being consistent when it's it's never really that good it's just always consistent is not really what i want in a golf course but i think the retail golfer even in even in thailand they appreciate the uh being able to take a cart having a cooler on the cart that they have free water bottles in having a caddy that gives good service having um green color all the time that's what people like having a photographer so, take your birdie dance photos uh mo yeah most people don't make as many birdies as i do so they probably wouldn't <laughs> get use out of a photographer how much did it cost to play that course um this course this cost fascinated by um it it varies by day of the week but this course is about uh 
It's awesome. It looks so good. I, I, the oldest course in Thailand. I, why wouldn't you take three minutes to read about it? I don't know, but I hope a lot of people do after they hear about it on the I show. I know. I do too. Yeah, I do too. I mean, the, just the picture of the train station is insane. Let me uh, let me find that train Get station. Get that one back. Yeah. So I yeah, know, this it's is so cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. It's a yeah, it's a beautiful place. And so the the golf course is you go across the train tracks and you're just across the street from the train station. And uh, then the first hole uh, is a par five, and the train tracks are all down the left side. So if you hit it left, then you will go out of bounds and onto the train tracks. And I think a so lot of the a lot of the great courses around the world are built around uh, train lines. Cities, yeah. Trains, yeah. I mean, you have Chambers Bay, there's St. Andrews, the Road Hole. I, so many good, good golf courses. So I got a question about this golf course, Micah. Yes, sir. Where, so I, was, I looked it up on my maps. I, I dialed it in. I was just checking it out. And I'm going to say this wrong because you know I can't pronounce anything right, but there's a landmark, and it's the Kwa-Hin Lik-Fei. Did I say that right? Landmark? I'm saying it totally wrong. I, I see I you smiling. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're referring to, um, because okay. I, I just pay attention to golf courses. Tell me, where is it in relation to this golf course? Okay, so... I, it's it's on it was on the golf course, so I'm gonna have to like really look this up right now. Um, when I was just you know just checking it out here, I'm gonna hook. Up, I'm going to my computer right now. It's going so slow. Do we have time? Yeah, we do. How are we on time? Okay, cool. we're we're doing good as long as it's uh, it's yeah. I'm I'm interested to know. Okay, so, okay, so. You are. Q Hin. Here we go. What are. I'm hooking. Okay, so I got it right now. And here we go. I'm looking at it. And I can't find it, of course. So. Yeah, let me look it on the map. Hold on. There was something I just remember seeing it. Um, okay. I'm going in. I mean, it looks so sick where it is. Ah, it's whatever. I don't know. I I, I, I pronounce it. And my, I can't read my chicken scratch. It's <laughs> K-H-O-A-H-I-N- L U K F A I, I don't know. Yeah, Phi Phi might mean refer to train. Cow might be hill. Um, maybe it's the maybe it's the hill that you see from the golf course. Um, okay, that's probably it. But which, they they yeah. Let me bring yeah. So you've got uh, that's probably it right there. Yes, yeah, so you can go up. Uh, so I'm showing on the screen, I'm showing an image of the 10th hole. 
I, I believe. And on top of that hill, there are there's a viewing platform, and so you can go up on that hill and you look out over the golf course, over the town, and over the sea, and it's quite a spectacular view. And that reminds me that I should share some pictures of that sometime because it's uh, uh, it's quite a nice view looking down on the oldest course. Oh, here it is. I got it. I got it. Okay, well, if you're on your computer, you can probably look up what it is then. Okay, I'm going to click on it. See see if I see if my very poor guess, uh, well, I'm not good at Thai language, so yeah, I don't know what okay, that means. So you, you nailed it. It's the, it's the hill right there. It's the hill. Okay, yep. good. Yeah, yeah, see? You nailed it. Yeah, I, you nailed it. So I will tell yeah. my wife that, that my Thai is quite good it is good you nailed it but dude it looks <laughs> awesome i'm looking at it on the map it's right next to the 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 gulf of thailand right i mean the gulf of thailand's right there correct well yeah you've got you've got the train i mean the the town sits right on the gulf of thailand so it's a beautiful yeah. beach resort and uh, the train runs down there, the train that runs all the way down to Singapore, the train line that goes from Bangkok down to Singapore, sometimes called the Orient Express, that, um, I think, is that what it's called? Uh, anyway. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I mean, that's, I, I don't I'm know. I, I may be with... wrong about the train line, but I, I know I mean, that I'm this train line yeah. goes to Singapore. Fascinated by the golf courses in Thailand and Thailand in general. It's just one of these places that I feel that I need to get to someday. I, I almost want to get to this. I want to get to Thailand more than I want to get to Europe, than I want to get to Scotland. Right. Well, like well, I just feel like there's something, there's more, it just, it's just more dangerous. It just seems more fun to me. Yeah. To it's, go definite, to it's definitely more dangerous. It's a longer flight. There's uh uh, yeah, there's more variety, I think, in the types of golf courses that you'd see, and and that's uh, probably why I like this post. That's probably why I'm, why I am attracted to this post. That's that's why I read it and don't think it's a bomb. And perhaps that's why, I don't know, mm -hmm. Micah. That's why you made it to Thailand, and I'm fascinated by Thailand, and people just don't care about the oldest golf course in Thailand or consistency. And yeah, I think uh, the people that read my blog tend yeah. to be turfgrass professional turfgrass managers, people who do this job for a living. And if you're mm -hmm. a professional turfgrass manager, you're probably quite busy. And because of that, you probably don't have a lot of time to uh, read, to just spend time on the, you know, scrolling through or reading things that are not relevant to to your job and then otherwise you want to get away from your job and go do something like barbecue or windsurfing or mountain climbing or whatever. Yeah. So it just kind of has a limited audience, but I am so glad that, that it's possible for me just to write about these kind of things that interest me. And I'm glad that there's people like you, Joe, who uh, enjoy looking at the pictures and reading about that stuff. I do. I do. It makes me, it makes the dreamer in me think that that dream of playing the oldest course in Royal, I'm not even going to even attempt to pronounce the pronunciation of it. 
Royal Joaquin. Let me, Royal Joaquin. Yeah. If I, it, I yeah, I would, I, nothing more than I hope one day to play Royal Joaquin and yeah, make a birdie we, and perhaps get a photograph of me doing a birdie dance of my own. That would be, it would be good. I heard you, you make some birdies sometimes. I you, do, I do. You know, so like, it's funny because I think, I can't remember what episode it was. And I said, I think I only made like five or six birdies last year. And you texted me the next day and you said, that's not a lot of birdies. And so this year I've been keeping track of my birdies. Mm -hmm. And uh, I haven't played actually since June 27th uh, with a shout out Ben McGraw. Uh, we played Garden City in Long Island. Awesome course. And... Uh, I missed a couple birdie putts that day. I could have done some birdie dances. But, um, yeah, I haven't played since then. But I think I'm up to, like, seven or eight for the year. That's, that's really good. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, it's not too bad. And I'm going to get back into it. It's like, yeah, I've been busy through the month of July just with work and with vacation and hanging with the family. And there's just golf takes a backseat to the things that to obviously work and and hanging with the fam but yeah i'm gonna i'm getting ready to dial it back up in the month of august and and september for sure that's good well, birdie as you, dances going as you go through the autumn um you can make a lot of birdies and please share those birdie dances with us i will i will hit you up on whatsapp every time i make a birdie <laughs> just to keep that count that's, going that is the way you do it is you send a picture to your friends and and then they just know what happened it's uh it's intimidating to know that your potential opponent uh, is is making a lot of birdies and then flaunting it in <laughs> in that way. No, I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I mean, I always and that's the one cool thing about golf, right? It's that's what's so special about golf because it's the one sport where you don't really root against your opponent. So, for for example, if you and I were playing a game of one on one basketball. I'd be mm -hmm. trying to stop you from scoring, right? I'd be just trying, I'd be doing all I could to just stop you from scoring. But in golf, I'm sitting there, right? And I might be playing a match against you. And we might be playing for, you know, something as simple as a mango shake on the uh, shores of the Gulf of Thailand. Mm -hmm. And you make a birdie. And I might get a little sinking feeling, but I'm kind of happy that you made the birdie, right? It's it's weird. That's the beauty of golf. That's yeah, it's great. And I don't think we've played together yet, but we will, and hopefully we will. we'll make some birdies. I I'll work on my driving game, work on my putting game, and uh, hopefully we can make that happen. Absolutely, Mike. I can't wait to play. I can't wait to play around with you. Well, Joe. Thank you for helping me out with this discussion, the double cut treatment. Of Here, I'm going to do that. Here, here's the new double cut tag sign. Show it. Double cut. Double. There you go. Yeah, that's that's very good. <laughs> so if anybody uh, is listening to this and uh, yeah, that's. There it is. <laughs> listening or watching, you can do that uh, gang sign. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what you would do that for, but you can do that, Joe. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you'll join join me again sometime, and we can talk about anytime, more of the posts that fall because uh, 
I, I do think it works good to, to be less desperate by having a conversation with you instead of me pleading for people to please read what I write. <laughs> we'll walk it up. We'll get those numbers up where they need to be. Okay. Thank you so much, Joe. And thanks You're everyone welcome, for Micah. listening. Thanks everybody for watching. I'll be back again soon with another ATC double cut. For now, I'll sign off for ATC from Yantakau, Thailand. I'm Michael Woods.